Cat Harrison of Dayton, Ohio, has never been the type to sit around. As an avid softball player, she loved the action and excitement of fierce competition. As a young mother of two, she worked hard to build a life for her family. I worked my regular job, picked up a job on the weekends to kind of get ready to buy a house to throw extra money in the bank. I was also going to college. A self-described people person, Kat was frustrated with her job at a travel center, which kept her in a quiet office without much interaction with others. I did that for five years, but I hated it. I hated being in an office. I don't like to just sit. I have to be doing things and be with people. I've always been like that my whole life, so that was totally not a career choice that was smart for me. So I just went to retail because that's what I love. And, you know, I saw all kinds of people every day, and I loved it. I love people. These days, you can find Kat running after her rambunctious grandchildren. She doesn't mind at all. Oh, my gosh, what isn't there to like? You know, being a parent's great, but being a grandparent, unless you have them, you can't understand. But just watching your child have a child and, you know, be a parent to that child, and then I can take that child, you know, be a grandma to them, that's nice. In 2011, at the age of 41, after feeling sharp pains in her abdomen and undergoing tests, Kat was shocked to learn that she had ovarian cancer, which had already spread to her pelvis and colon when it was found. She was told it was stage four. If anyone saw in a million years at 41, I'd be diagnosed with stage four cancer. I saw you in the beginning. I was just going to have to go in and have my hysterectomy, and I would go back to work in, you know, 12 weeks. That never happened. In the face of shock, pain, and stress, Kat had two simple goals, to live the best life possible and to be there for her family. This is Kat's palliative care story. Faced with this difficult diagnosis, Kat immediately underwent chemotherapy to help slow the growth of the cancer which caused its own side effects. You know, you, you go from feeling fine, and then within a matter of two weeks, you feel like you've been run over by a Mack truck. He does his surgery, and then you start your chemo, and you start feeling sick. And everything just changes. Your whole life changes. You know, some days you don't, you, you don't even want to get out of bed because you're so weak. Your world stops. The world keeps going, but your world stops. In addition to the stomach pain from the illness, as well as the difficult side effects of chemotherapy, the sudden diagnosis caused Kat immense stress and anxiety. Kat's oncologist recognized that while he would continue to see Kat to treat the illness, she could also benefit from a team of medical professionals who could help her with the pain and the emotional effects. My oncologist knew I needed extra help mentally because the cancer, the treatments were starting to really affect me mentally. He knew I needed that extra little help and he called it perfectly. I have the best oncologist in the world. He is amazing. That team of medical specialists are what's called a palliative care team. Now, palliative care is specialized medical care for people with serious illness. The goal is to improve quality of life for both the patient and the family. Palliative care is provided by a specially trained team of doctors, nurses, and other specialists who work together with the patient's other doctors to provide an extra layer of support. It's appropriate at any age and at any stage of a serious illness. Palliative care means to relieve suffering. Now, we all know suffering can be physiological, but it can be emotional, psychological, and spiritual. 
That's Mark Curtis, an advanced practice registered nurse who is a member of the palliative care team that helps CAT. Mark, along with a medical director and other team members, work with hundreds of patients a year to help them live better lives as they deal with serious illnesses. Kat admits she was very nervous at first about what exactly palliative care would look like. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about palliative care, and I didn't really understand it much. I was scared because I'm very, I'm very private. Because this is why this is also weird for me. Because I am very private about my cancer life. In Kat's first meeting, she met the full palliative care team, which included Mark. What I did with Kat is what I frequently do with um, most of my patients. I'll introduce myself, who I am, what I do. And then I open up and I just ask them, tell me your story. And with Kat, as is frequently the case, they say, do you mean about cancer? And I say, whatever you're comfortable talking to this guy you've never met before, uh, whatever you're comfortable talking about. And it's amazing how many times people don't open up with their life-limiting illness. What they open up with is about their life. Mark and I sat together and we started talking and with Mark, it was just like I had already known him forever. He was so easy to talk to, and he made me he made me want to get out everything that I felt inside. Mark has made it his life's work to help patients during these extremely difficult times. Palliative care specialists, like Mark, take the time to get to know a patient and their family members so they can treat the whole person, not just the illness. A patient has to become the most important person in your life. If when I do that, what's going to happen is you're going to feel heard, your, your level of trust is going to go up, and we have an opportunity to accomplish amazing things. Not, not me. You're going to accomplish the things in your life. I'm just going to be a conduit to help you do that. So with trust established and the lines of communication now open, it was time for Kat and the palliative care team to get to work. Now let's get specific about what exactly palliative care does. First, we mentioned pain management as one of the main components. Kat was dealing with pain caused by the cancer itself, which became very difficult to deal with. So I had a lot of pain in my stomach, so I had to learn, you know, when that happens, what, what medicine to take to help that. You know, I take all these medicines, but not all at the same time. They're all for different reasons. Kat mentioned multiple medications, which is common among cancer patients. There are many different medications that can treat pain, and they all work differently for a patient. One particular drug might help one patient, but that same drug may not be as effective for someone else. Then there are the side effects of those drugs, which can cause fatigue or dizziness, or in some cases, constipation. Combining drugs that help treat the pain can also be tricky. That's where effective pain management through palliative care comes in. Dr. Chirag Patel, the medical director of the palliative care team, helps Kat with the ongoing changes needed along the way. Every three weeks, you know, we go in and talk about, you know, is this still working? Do we need to change this? So, you know, it's still a balance of everything, which is good because my doctor, Dr. Patel, he's, he's on, I mean, he is so on track with pain management. And, you know, he listens to me and doesn't look at me like, okay, keep talking, I'm going to do this. He listens to what I have to say. And, I mean, he's changed my, my medicine several times because something wasn't working or something was too much and I couldn't handle it. You know, he's very attentive when it comes to listening to his patients. In addition to pain caused by the illness, the side effects of treatment, like chemotherapy, can also be very difficult to manage. Mark says it's an absolute priority for Dr. Patel and the rest of the palliative care team 
to make sure they address all the symptoms that are bothering Kat as she undergoes treatment. She had been through a multitude of uh, chemotherapeutic agents, and uh, with those uh, chemotherapeutic agents, she um, experienced some of the typical um, side effects, the uh, illness, the nausea, the alopecia, the, the hair falling out, um, and, and just an, a massive drain on her energy level. Palliative care, you know, along with my treatment, has improved my life so much. You know, I, that, I, you know, I mean, I love my nurses. I have great nurses and stuff, and I talk to them a lot. But, they, you know, they don't need the palliative care. And my life, you know, pretty much was crap. I can't think of a better word or whatever, but it wasn't really good. And then, you know, when I got in with him and we started getting the regimens and I was, was talking to Mark, you know, my I felt better because, you know, my meds were changed and I just, I was able to live better. With proper pain management plans in place, there is another very important aspect to palliative care, and that's the emotional side of things. As we mentioned, when Kat walked into palliative care that first time, she was stressed, frustrated, and having difficulty in her everyday life. It is individuals that are struggling with the diagnosis that they have received, even if it may be years in advance of what we would consider a terminal event, and in addition, what I'm finding is that they're also having challenges with life events prior to diagnosis. And, and what I mean by that is that each individual, prior to becoming what we call a patient, that's after diagnosis, they carry in life experiences, both positive and negative, life traumas, that are going to have an effect on the way they relate to and deal with the news of a life-limiting event. One thing Mark picked up on from Kat's past was in how she interacted with others. It caused issues before her diagnosis and really came to light as she battled cancer. A word that I work on a lot with people is the word deserve. And Kat had a lot of difficulty initially accepting that she did she even deserved to be happy. She grew up in her adult life being a, a pleaser of other people. She felt like her purpose was really to take care of other people, and she had a lot of guilt if she spent any time on herself, taking care of herself. What we were able to do in some in the first session, but in subsequent sessions, was to show her that she did deserve to be as happy as anybody else. You are the most important person in your life. If you are not good, then no one around you is going to be good. You are number one. You be happy, then you think about other people. But you have to make sure you're happy first. And I had to learn to say no. And that was the most liberating time in my life where I finally was able to say no. I love the new me. I love that I think about myself first now. I never have in my entire life. You know, it didn't turn me into a, a witch or anything, but I felt like I grew up. Finally, I grew up. When anger or frustration set in, as it does for most patients as they deal with the ups and downs of serious illnesses, Mark encourages Kat to refocus her mind on something different. He often uses a saying to help put things in perspective. The next thing I think, do, or say 
get me closer to my goal or farther away. So with Kat, we used the goal of happiness. So I had her begin to consider, actively consider her thoughts and her behaviors and to stop herself. It was tedious at first to think, is is what I'm thinking, is what I'm doing, is it truly bringing me closer to happiness or am I doing things that just perpetuates the old cat, the same the, the same cat that was not happy with herself, the same cat that was not her authentic self. So she began to do that. You gave me tools to think about, you know, when I got upset at somebody or someone, you know, just wasn't doing right by me or whatever, you know, just stop and think about what I wanted to say before I said it. Along the way, there are always decisions to be made. Sometimes there are different treatments or pain medication to choose from. Sometimes the decisions are even harder. Because the cancer had spread, and because Kat had breast cancer in her family, Kat had to make a decision to have an advanced mastectomy to protect herself if the cancer reached her breasts. The palliative care team worked with Kat to give her all the information she needed to make a decision. And she eventually decided that the surgery would be the best thing for her. By the time that she felt like she was able to be happy, that that was a goal, it made it easier for her to make the decision about the bilateral mastectomy. She may have made a different decision had uh, she not done the work that she had done to recognize she deserved to be happy and she wasn't helpless in making these decisions. Another thing palliative care can help with is setting goals, both short-term and long-term. As Kat continues to receive chemotherapy, the side effects can be difficult. She and Mark take things one day at a time. It could be as simple as, it's Monday. I want to go, I want to go to the mall on Saturday. So I'm going to do what I can to make sure I feel good that day. I'm going to rest when I need to. You know, I'm not going to do things I'm not supposed to or eat what I'm not supposed to because I really want to do that. Sometimes the smallest goals, like going shopping or, you know, going to visit a, a friend or whatever, some of those, even those little bitty goals are the best. You've got to have a goal every morning, a goal in the afternoon to stay up out of bed. Not that you can't take a break in between. The, our, our goals change, but it doesn't mean that we have to totally give up some of the goals that we had in the past. For instance, a person that uh, may be a marathon runner but whose knees are kind of shot, they, can, they may not be able to run marathons anymore, but maybe they can still do a 5K or maybe they can walk. Um, I told Kat that when we're looking at goals, I said, uh, you know, I I can still bench, bench press 250 pounds. I just can't do it all at the same time. So the thing is, we can have goals, but we just have to modify those. So for Kat, a goal is to get up out of bed every day, to take care of her personal hygiene, to get out of her pajamas and, and get into regular clothes, and then to move about her house. Always the devoted and loving grandparent, Kat makes sure she puts her grandkids at the top of her priority list. My oldest granddaughter has grandparent day, and you know my son's like, Mom, you know she's having grandparent day. She wants you to come. But I was in the middle of chemo at the time, but I was like, there's nothing going to keep me away from that. I'm going, I don't care how I feel. But I made sure I got plenty of rest leading up to it. You know, drank my fluids like I was supposed to and got fluids to help me feel better so I could go to something so significant for her. Sometimes there's even bigger goals, like taking a vacation, which can be difficult and stressful for patients dealing with an illness. 
But for Kat, it was very important that she took a trip and enjoyed herself. She did recently made a trip down to the Smoky Mountains in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And that was the first trip of that sort in, in years, even, even pre-cancer, which was uh, very important to her. She went with a very close friend. She was concerned prior to the trip whether she was going to be able to make it. She did, and she had a great time, and I, I think it really helped improve the quality of her life. In fact, remember, you're number one. So when you're at home and you're thinking about this trip and you're getting prepared for this trip, somebody comes up to you, Remember to say no, because you want to rest up for this trip. You want to make sure you're good for this trip to think about yourself. So I did. I didn't let anything get to me. He's just like, go have fun. Think about how much fun you're going to have before you go. When you don't feel good one day, think about that. You're going you're gonna to feel good because you want to go on this trip so bad. Six years since diagnosis. Kat continues to see palliative care as a way to keep her focus and living well. Mark's not my physician or my therapist. Mark's my friend, and he's someone I go see every couple weeks just to talk to. It may not be about anything that, you know, cancer or what struggles in life. He may just talk, and that's exactly how they all make you feel. You know, they've got a, a nurse practitioner. Her name is Jackie, and she is just one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. And they are all just so welcoming and understanding, and and you don't feel like they're fake. You know, they might be a doctor, but you don't feel like they're fake. You know, you instantly know that they care about what they do, and they're very passionate about the care they give their patients, and you feel that instantly. And I understand why now my doc, my oncologist, Dr. Reed, put me with that team because my my personality. He knew I'd fit well with them, and I did very well. The bond between Kat and the palliative care team remains strong. She enjoys people. She's very easy and a very easy person to get along with and just a, a truly compassionate soul. With serious illness, there will always be new challenges and struggles. But Kat now feels she can focus on the moment. A good day for me is when I can get up and do dishes, do my laundry, go and sit in the living room and enjoy my, you know, my family. That's a good day for me, being able to get dressed and and go to Walgreens for 10 minutes is a good day. Mark says that Kat's story is a great example of what palliative care can do for all patients facing serious illnesses. Kat was a broken individual, but a surviving individual. She didn't give up. She was willing to get help. She was willing to embrace the help, take action herself, and hence has a better life psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. And although physiologically she's dealing with struggles of cancer, she now believes in herself. How does care help me live life? It, you know, it gave me a better quality of life. It helped me do things that otherwise I couldn't do before. You know, it helped me have quality time with my my kids, my grandkids. Everybody should be able to have this kind of care that I get. And I'm so grateful that all this palliative care is finally getting out to the world because I think it's so important because it does give you a better quality of life. But it has helped me live while I'm here. And I'm so grateful for that. If you or a family member is facing a serious illness, 
Resources about palliative care are available today at getpalliativecare.org.